0: This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Sought Off CrossFit Kids. If you're looking for a place for your kids to be healthy, stay active, and learn how to move correctly, or work specific muscle groups and train for that specific sport that they have in mind, this is the perfect place for you. All you have to do is tell the coaches what you're looking for and the specific idea, and they will make sure those things get worked in, and the kids don't even realize half the time that they are doing these things because it's so much fun the way they program and write everything. It's, it's just a, I can't speak highly enough about it. They have two classes, a nine to 13 year old class and a five to eight year old class. The coolest thing about this, if you're unsure or on the fence about it, you can try it for free. Just go by the Sought Off CrossFit building on Harvey Road and College Station or hit them up on Instagram, Sought Off CrossFit Kids, send them messages, talk to them a little bit, see what they have to offer. I guarantee you you will not regret getting your kids involved in this and starting them out with some healthy habits. Again, hit them up on Instagram, Sought Off CrossFit Kids or on Harvey Road in the Sawed Off CrossFit building. Chaos rings. I love this thing. I have a Chaos Ring, and I've worked out it in a bunch, and it is held up. Not only held up, it this thing is tough. It is high quality. I can't speak kindly enough about them either. Also, they've got some watches coming out, and we love watches. Well, I say we. I absolutely love watches, and the, they've got some tactical watches coming out, so I can't wait for that. But go check them out on Instagram, Chaos Rings. Don't forget. That We also sell coffee. It supports the podcast. It's high quality coffee. We didn't go cheap because we absolutely love coffee and it's super important to us in the morning because it's something that we love to do. So it comes over in our blend and you'll taste it if you try it. I promise you we have two blends, the Summit View and the Weekend Getaway. Hit us up on Instagram or Twitter or the website, the number nine spelled out fiveadventures.com and we will get that out to you ASAP. Okay, let's get into this exciting, super fun episode with my guest, Dr. Jen Flagar. I hope I said her last name correctly, Um, but it's in there, it's spelled. You can Google her, you can find it. But she is a doctor and also board certified in integrative medicine, and just overall, an honest perspective on overall health. This curtain situation that we're in right now, her Instagram is fantastic, so go check that out. She she just gives you a bunch of truthful information that you can believe and not be so fearful of different diseases and different things that are going on in the world right now, and also how to get healthy and stay healthy. I just loved it. I was super excited. I know it came through in my hosting, Um, but anyway, I'm going to stop just rambling on because Dr. Jen is way smarter and way cooler than I am. So please enjoy my guest today, Dr. Jen Flegar. Okay? We are sort of live, recording live. <laughs> Thank you so much for being on. Go ahead, let's explain everybody who you are, what you do. I'm super excited about this episode. Like I'm really excited. So, um uh-huh. let everybody know who you are, what you do and all that good stuff.
1: Awesome. I'm excited too. So, my name's Dr. Jen, Dr. Jen Flegar, I go by Dr. Jen, though, as my last name is very hard to spell and pronounce. And I am board certified in emergency medicine and also board certified in integrative medicine. So I went to residency for ER. I love ER. But then when I went into my real job, I kept seeing the same patients over and over again in the ER, the same problem, not getting better. And I was like, there has to be a different way. So I went back and did an integrative medicine fellowship. And I'm super passionate about it. Preventative medicine, getting to the root cause. Um, and that's, that's what I'm all about. I still work in the ER, though, too. So I see all of the craziness in the ER and keep up to date with all the conventional medicine stuff. But I'm pretty unconventional with integrative medicine, um, not, not the average doctor.
0: It's pretty, that, that's something that's kind of crazy that you see the same patients in the ER. My mom was a nurse and she worked in emergency rooms. Like that was her big thing in the NICU and all sorts of different things. So, um, and she just, she, if anybody was meant to be a nurse, it was my mom for sure. Uh, But I, I find that that's interesting that you said you took care of the same people over in the ER that's supposed to be the emergency
1: room. Right. But our healthcare system, um, it's, you know, it has some issues and I would see, the same person coming back in, and you know, a, a few different people. But this one woman in particular—I mean, she she knew I was having when I was having a baby. Like, how much longer? A couple more weeks, right? Like, <laughs> she would like have conversations with me, and because she knew me like that well, because I I was in there all the time. And um, but it it was it was funny because um, what we would do so there there's like some patients that don't like certain doctors that are working. So if they knew that they were working, they would leave the waiting room. (laughs) If they, if they heard them get like paged overhead for a call or something and they're like, Oh, they just left because, you know, I mean, you don't really get to pick who you see in the ER. Um, So, so if, if they know that they're not they're not their favorite, then they'll leave. But you know, it's because the ER. I mean, people sometimes they can't get into a primary care doctor; they don't have access. You know, there's so many holes. So that's one thing I liked about the ER um, is that it's kind of like the catch-all. Like if you need help, if you need help, and we're in America, you know, we should be able to get healthcare and access to it. then the ER is there. We're here. We're we're the soldiers. You know, we're gonna. We're gonna help you out if you need it. So um, I, I'm so grateful for the ER, and I love it. And I, I one thing I love about medicine in general is that people trust me with all their things, and I really covet that. And. I, oh, I just think it's so special. I think it's really special. Like, I am very blessed that I got called into this profession. So, like you said, like, your mom was just meant to be a nurse. I mean, it takes a certain heart to work in the healthcare field, that's for sure.
0: It really and truly does. Like, and you need people that really, it's kind of like teachers that have to deal with kids all day long and, like. If you don't love doing that, if you don't love doing that, kids are going to drive you crazy. And if you don't love taking care of people when they're sick and in their worst moods and trying to fix them and help them, like if that's not your purpose, you're you're going to be terrible at the job.
1: Right. Oh yeah, bless those teachers because my kids. Whew, so I have four kids, and um, I their teachers are amazing because sometimes kids are kids are difficult. You got to do the four, seven, eight breath and really calm down. I I have to use that a lot.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, let's, I, I, this is going to lead right into what I really want to talk about is because the madness of schools reopening, um, and all the like sports, we've got that where they don't want to let kids basically all the way up to college level play ball They, you know activities are shut down people are unsure i'm not really blaming everybody's reaction because there's so much different information coming in i have my opinion but i'm not a doctor you're a doctor like that's why i'm excited to have somebody on here that can talk about it um and i'm curious what your thoughts and and safety wise for kids and their susceptibility transferring to adults if you know any of that stuff any advice that you have for people wanting to get their kids back and being social again
1: yeah for sure yeah we'll talk about that um so i want to say i i'm gonna talk about the research and my opinion but i don't want anyone to take this for medical advice okay talk with your own doctor um so for COVID-19, you know, SARS-2, the coronavirus, all this stuff that's been going on since March, it's been such a whirlwind, okay? Um, The thing that we have to realize still, we don't know everything about this virus. We just don't. It's new. It's a novel virus. You know, it's it's not like the other coronaviruses that are just the common cold or the rhinovirus that we get all the time and kids need to get and we need to develop immunity to those things. Um, So when... When schools were first shut down, um, that was mitigation. So we were trying to slow down the curve because we didn't want our hospitals to get overburdened and there to be a big spike. And that's pretty, for infectious disease, that's kind of a common thing for something that is so contagious. And the thing about COVID-19 is it's more contagious, but it's more that that incubation period that they're, you know, it's not like the flu where your kids have a fever and. You know, if you're a good parent, you keep them home. I mean, we all know some parents give them Tylenol and send them to school, but that's not the right thing. But we all know that, um, you know, you keep your kids home when they're sick. So the weird thing about this is that people can shed it and it's a longer incubation period, meaning time from when you have an start. Possibly be shedding it versus when you feel sick. So that's what made this all all crazy is that we're like walking around and and healthy with it. So with everything being closed down, so here we go. You know, we go through the whole summer. It's time to open up schools again. Um, I have some. Two of my kids are back right now, and one is doing remote, and she might go back October 1st, and we're in Ohio, and I know every everyone is different, and my kid in preschool, the teachers are wearing masks, but the kids aren't, because they're 3 and 4 and 5 years old, they're not really going to wear a mask properly um you know and then we have other kids going to school wearing the mask the whole time so the reason why is that we're more worried that the kids are going to be transmitting it to everyone else and between families because we're finding that children are either not getting as sick um their mortality or their the death rate is lower And um, they're more worried about the kids passing this on, bringing it home, and then the adults getting sick and passing on to older people. So the people that are more susceptible for for morbidity or mortality, so bad outcomes or death from coronavirus, we're seeing people with more health problems like high blood pressure diabetes with different comorbidities um, metabolic syndrome you know all of that in Italy where it hit really hard there was an older population and they smoked cigars and smoked cigarettes there you know so you can pick all these studies and pick out you know what makes it makes you more susceptible what's a risk factor so you know with with kids and sports you um, what are they doing where you live right uh,
0: now? like I think the the football is football's back it's Texas. So nothing's going to stop football in Texas. You might like it would have to the world would have to end first and they would still probably try to play. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, as far as I know they're really trying to figure out like the school some sports are not going like my son's tennis for some reason is not going. I don't understand why that is and football is playing um uh-huh. cuz it's definitely more you're you can be more separated on a tennis court than you can on the football field but um i mean i know they're just trying to figure all this stuff out so it's not something that i'm like why aren't you doing that this is crazy you know they've got a lot of stuff on their plate but as far as um they they've been playing like little league tournaments on the weekends and really doing a good job of organizing it where you know as best they can to be as safe as they can, so it's kind of slowly but surely opening and opening up here for that kind of stuff.
1: Right, I think it makes it difficult because yeah, we don't know exactly how well the masks work, you know, with this particular virus. Um, you know, it's I was all about wearing a mask at first, and I will wear a mask to a grocery store or somewhere where. People that are more susceptible might be against, not against their will, but they have to go to the grocery store. Um, There was like a bizarre, my daughter had a volleyball game, and the girls and the, the spectators, only one family member per girl. So I went, and I so we all wore a mask. The spectators had to wear a mask. So I'm there cheering on my daughter. You know, she can't see my facial expressions. It's so weird. And the girls are all playing together, not wearing masks. So I'm like, just common sense, like not even if you're in the medical field, just common sense. So if my household had coronavirus and, you know, I went to, you know, and I wore my mask, but my daughter's playing with the other parents' daughters, they're going to transmit it and bring, you know, it just doesn't make sense. But the kids need sports, You know, um, I, I think a lot of this, these things they're doing, like checking your temperature where some of these thermometers, I don't think, I don't like the thermal ones. I I don't think they're that accurate. It's just, that's a false sense of security. You know, these, I like it if it was like a better maybe device, but you know, I, I just, I think some of this is, is not very evidence-based. We're kind of going by trying to make everyone feel better, which I like evidence. I'm very evidence-based. So I'm like, okay, check my temperature when we come in, ask if I have symptoms or if I've been sick. But, like, if I'm wearing a mask as a spectator, but all the girls are playing with each other, and, like, if if someone really was sick, I mean, it just, you know, it, so that, that kind of thing with the sports confuses me from a logical standpoint. But I think if someone, I think, what we would need is just more testing. And some colleges are doing this, they're testing more. And I think that's more appropriate, but you're going to find more, more cases if you test more. So I think if we were testing more and you had a family that someone tested positive, then they're quarantined for two weeks and they're not going to spread it, you know, but if you're not testing everyone, then you you could have more cases. So I, I just think we're, just not there yet, you know, with figuring all this out. And that's okay. I'm just happy that my kids are going back to sports. The reason why is our kids need to get together. They need to play. They need to be with each other. I've seen so much more depression, suicidal ideations, anxiety in the ER in teens and in kids. And this is, who knows if this is going to have a post-traumatic stress type syndrome for kids going through this pandemic. I mean, could you imagine going to kindergarten for the first time and everyone's wearing a mask like from a horror movie? I mean, it's just, it's crazy, right?
0: Yeah. It's, it's wild to me. Like, and when you say common sense, that's what I, I mean, that's all I, I look at, Hmm, does that make sense? And, uh, it's really funny you point that out because I don't know. Like, I don't know if masks work or not. I'm not judging whether they do or don't. And I wear one whenever they require me to wear one going into a grocery store or whatever. I'm going to be nice to people because, I mean, that's what I would do if I had the flu. So why not do yeah. it with anything? I don't want to give anybody any illness. So, but uh-huh. I just point, I, I noticed something. I was like, they made this mandate here in our town at like 6.30 on a Thursday that everybody had to wear mask everywhere, right? Um, and obviously it's not a law. They can't really enforce it or whatever. But they were finding businesses that got caught. And I looked at it. I was like, this is a fail-safe for everybody to claim. So it's like a cover-your-own-butt type of deal where they say, wear your mask so we can flatten the curve. And I go, my only question was, how do you know everybody's wearing masks or not? Like It's an impossible thing to gauge. So if it goes up, you can say, well, you're not wearing your mask. If it goes down, you can say, everybody wore their mask. We're good. And I go, I think you should be spreading a message more of like health. I think this is a real eye opener for health and fitness activities and like keeping your like you said, you got into preventative medicine and that right there is I think this has been a real big eye opener that some people have chose to accept, and some people are just reverting back to, I don't want to accept it. That I have control over my health and immune system and can fight harder against these type of things.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, going back to the masks real quick, I mean, if I was not wearing proper PPE working in the ER and I was exposed to someone with COVID-19, I would quarantine myself for two weeks, you know? So, and like you were saying, you want to be nice and, and wear the mask, but you know, it, 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 with the kids, with the sport, it is, it's just kind of confusing. And I think we're going to get there. I, I think there's just been so much fear too. And my big thing, what I like to teach on, like on my Instagram um, is, facts over fear you know who's getting sick what can you do to decrease your risk for getting sick Um, you know like that hashtag immune health did you you see how that was it it was like banned for a little bit on social media I
0: didn't see that no I didn't know that
1: it was crazy you would do hashtag like immune health and click on it and it would take you it would say this link is something. And then it would like refer you to the CDC website. What? Yeah, it was, it was crazy. And I, I, cause I would post stuff, you know, what you can do to boost your immune, you know, health. And we can, you know, talking about that for prevention. So, you know, kind of like you're just preparing your little soldiers, your little body, your immune system, you're preparing them for war, you know, back to school time in general is like, It is what it is. You're you're sending your kids in and they're going to get some germs. So my thing is always, you know, I want to prepare my children to go in there and be exposed to germs because it's inevitable. I think us trying to hide from viruses that we've lived with for hundreds and hundreds and thousands of years is kind of crazy. You know, I mean, we're supposed to live with viruses and bacteria, but it's when it's an overgrowth or our immune system is not working properly or not um, not in balance is when we have issues. So with my kiddos, you know, I, I try to feed them properly, but you know, it's kids, so you do the best you can, and then I give them supplements. Um, big ones for back to school. We I try to make sure they're getting enough zinc vitamin C. And then I've added quercetin because quercetin is a zinc ionophore. So it helps bring zinc into the cells. And then zinc is effective against viruses. So there's things that you can do to to prevent. And I even like, I have my parents, they're traveling to, um, Sedona this weekend, and I have them taking their zinc quercetin and vitamin C for, you know, for their immune health, and I gave, you know, them, having them mask, obviously, on the plane, so I, I think prevention, like you said, is key here.
0: So, with kids, did you, do you have their levels tested so you know how much to give them? Do you suggest people, like, go get them tested, or is there a safe amount that you can automate, like, I know you can't say amounts and all that stuff, and we talked about that, but is there, like, can they just go buy a supplement at H-E-B or I don't, you don't have HEBs bs up there, supermarkets. Um, yeah. is that something that's good to do that will work just fine for what we're talking about here?
1: Yeah. So most multivitamins are going to have the recommended daily amount. So you can just go online and type in, you know, daily recommended amount of zinc and it will bring you, um, there, it's like a government website too, that has recommended daily amounts and there's like a toxic level and all of that. So if you look at like kids multivitamins, so what it's doing is it's filling in the nutritional gaps. So, I have my kids take a multivitamin just because they're not always going to eat their vegetables. <laughs> I mean, you know, and our, our vegetables, because of monocropping. you know, they're not as rich in nutrients anyway, but it's going to fill in the gap. So you just, you want to make sure that, you know, a good multivitamin is good to fill in those nutritional gaps of, you know, things like zinc and B vitamins, which are great for methylation and detoxification and stuff like that. But you, you're not going to see, um, like quercetin um, in that. And then vitamin C, sometimes you want to dose that twice a day if they're sick, because that is metabolized quickly. So, you you know, a good multivitamin is a good place to start. I do recommend that you get a methylated folate and not folic acid, which is the synthetic. Um, it's easier to plug into that methylation cycle and use. So, you know, and then you can... You can add on, you know, things like elderberry, um, glutathione is great for detoxification also. Because the other thing I worry about with our kids is they're being exposed to all these chemicals with the cleaning agents, you know? Yes.
0: Oh, yes. It's
1: crazy. I mean, I luckily, the preschool that my one son goes to, it's just like they're using basically pure alcohol, um, spray, you know, it's pretty clean, but I, I just worry, you know, Cloroxing everything and they're breathing this in and they're touching it. It's getting on their skin. So, um, that's where, you know, glutathione is going to kind of help detox my, my kids, um, take a supplement that has N acetylcysteine in it. It's called NAC and it's a kind of a precursor to glutathione. So they, they take that. It's, um, it's just called dehist. It's it's it tastes like a like kind of like candy. <laughs> so they take <laughs> it because I, I mean, hey, you know, I'm full disclosure, honest all the time. I mean it, It's hard to get kids to take supplements like if they don't like how they taste. I mean, it's it's a struggle. Like my one son, we have him take cod liver oil, which is also another great supplement for immune support and inflammation. And um, he gives us a hard time sometimes, (laughs) (laughs) which I don't blame him. But no, cod liver
0: oil sounds. I mean, fish oil has always been good. Like we supplement with that sort of stuff, but um, we don't give it. We don't give that to our kids or anything. We don't make them take that. We have started like way back. I mean, way back when this first was going through, we're like, we just need to get. We need to start taking vitamin C. A little bit more vitamins, eat more we already ate a lot of vegetables anyway as a family, but we just put more of a priority on the amounts and, you know, just watched what we took in. But is something like those little gummy vitamin Cs, is that a good thing to supplement if we, you know, look up and take those things, or should we be looking at something more like that multivitamin like a the Flintstone type thing?
1: Yeah, I wouldn't recommend Flintstones. Um, Smarty Pants, they have methylated vitamins. Um, They're pretty good. Um, Like, Metagenics has, I mean, there's a lot of different brands. If you like more, like, the Chalky, um, Orthomolecular has a good one. So, I think it's good you know if your kid will take it um the vitamin c gummies yeah just beware of gummies like i cringe like sometimes like with the sugar content um you want to make sure high fructose corn syrup make sure there's not any dyes in there you know so just you know just be mindful of that like i like i said with kids it's it's hard um one thing I do with my my kids that are my patients in my integrative medicine office, if they like smoothies, it's like awesome because we can put so many things in a smoothie. Um, you know, like gut health, like L-glutamine to help the gut. I mean, there's all sorts of powders too. You can get of vitamins or multivitamins even, in powders, and then you could put it in a, in a smoothie, a fruit and vegetable smoothie, and then they could take it that way, so um, my kids are hit or miss with smoothies, so I don't think that they would get it that way, but, you know, like, whatever works for your, your family, but smoothies or mixing in a little bit of applesauce, um, those are a good way, to to get that in, because another um, thing my kids take is probiotics.
0: Oh, you give them, you? Do you give them a specific probiotic, or are you like get it through food, like kimchi and that sort of stuff?
1: Oh man, I I wish my older kids would eat kimchi. Do your kids eat kimchi?
0: Sometimes, yeah. I think I think some of them do. Okay. I, I'm trying to remember. I know we eat it because we like it. Like we just like right. it anyway, but.
1: The only kid that will eat fermented food, um, well, they'll drink kombucha. So my 12-year-old and my 4-year-old will drink kombucha, so that's amazing. Um, my 8-year-old will not, but and he he's the one. He has a little bit of yeast overgrowth. I just got his organic acid tests back, which I knew he did. I just needed the results, so I would actually – it's going to be painful with him to go through the process – Because he's my difficult, um, you know, supplement taker. And then, so the only one that will actually eat like fermented sauerkraut stuff and like kimchi is my 11 month old.
0: Is sauerkraut, (laughs) sauerkraut works the same way since it's fermented? Is it's a probiotic as
1: well? Yeah, if you get fermented sauerkraut, mm-hmm. but don't heat it up because I remember my mom would, you know, we'd have pork and sauerkraut or kibasa, and it would be warmed up. Well, then it's not a probiotic. So yeah, it has to be like that cold. I put it in salads; it's so good. I just oh, got a really good.
0: Oh, we love but, we love it. We love me and my wife yeah. love it.
1: Yeah, I mean if your kids are doing that that's great. I mean, another thing is just playing in dirt, you know. I let my um my infant, you know, my 11-year-old, I let him eat dirt. I mean, eat a rock. Someone's like, "Oh my gosh, they have, he has a rock in his mouth." And I'm like, "Oh, it's good for him." You know, those spore-based probiotics that are in dirt and stuff. I mean, we we're living in such a clean environment. Our kids aren't running around barefoot, you know. So I I think that letting your kids kind of play in dirt and soil, that's another way to kind of diversify their gut. But kudos to you that your kids have, they like fermented food. I'm like jealous when I like see other parents and their kids are like eating like kimchi and sauerkraut. And I'm like, oh, I can only get one out of four to do that. I'm like failing, but um yeah, I mean, but but yeah, they they will drink the kombucha, so that's a win. They actually fight over certain flavors.
0: That's funny. That's funny. Uh, I mean, ours will drink the kombucha because they think it's like a treat. Like we drink mainly yeah. water. Um, we don't we don't have sodas at all. Like zero sodas, no sugary yeah. drinks. Like we don't drink sugar and anything that sort of stuff. We just. That's just our lifestyle. So I guess it kind of makes it easier. But at the same time, they still are kids. And there's a lot of things they won't eat, they won't do, and that sort of thing because they're kids. And, you know, that's what they do. But the the interesting thing tying that in, do you think some of this, like, obviously the socialization, I have, I know that's super important because we're social beings. And the kids coming to see you that are with depression and they're struggling. Like my brother, he is, I mean... He's awesome. I love him, but he has been uber scared this entire time, fearful. And in his house, his kids have been, you know, quarantined. Which I get it that he's scared. I try not to make fun of him or anything, even though he's my brother. But I, I get. I think there's like two different things here that I wonder would happen. You talked about eating dirt and the kids, you know, the probiot- the you know, the probiotics there and the things that they get, and then. The anti-socialization of the kids. So if you stay home, you're not getting exposed to anything at all. Like even as an adult, like me, if I just stayed inside my house or just, you know, away from everything, I wouldn't be exposed in my common sense way. And also my kids are not being exposed. So if they get it and bring it home, I'm more susceptible to getting it.
1: Yeah. So it's kind of like what, like, you know, the kid in the the glass bubble that grew up, you know, in a glass bubble or something, you know, Um, yeah, if you're just not being exposed to anything, I mean, your immune system is is gonna get a little sleepy, you know, I, one thing, like, especially having an infant, when I'm breastfeeding my kids, I want them to get colds, because, you know, I want them to get it, get over it, get the antibodies from the breast milk and and be stronger, have their immune system be stronger. So, yeah, the the concern, I mean, that that is a concern. And I wish that they would do, like, a study on that, you know, people that have stayed home and not done anything versus the people that have been, you know, out, you know, to the grocery store and stuff. Because um, that's the thing, even if you're just – if you're going to the grocery store, you're wearing gloves, you're wearing a mask, you're still being exposed to things. You're, unless you're wearing an N95 mask, one of those respirators or what we wear in the, in the ER. And that even being said, there are ER doctors that have been in full PPE and they've still gotten COVID. So, oh, that's you know, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I mean, you, you know, and, and that's, Because there's high risk procedure. I mean, if you're in full PP and you're intubating someone and their secretions are coming up, and you know, I mean, nothing's. Perfect. So, yeah, I, I think the, the whole thing, and like you said with your brother, my sister's kind of the same way. They, um, they might not even see us for Christmas because we're more risky. You know, our kids play sports. Um, my one son's going to preschool. We've had select families over, you know, knowing that it's more risky, but um, – you know, we're not going to hang out with someone if they're like, oh, I was diagnosed with COVID or I was at a restaurant where someone was that, you know, we're not, we're not being that risky, but, um, but at the same time, you know, we are social beings. We need that social response. But yeah, my, my sister is more kind of like your brother. They're not scared. They're just, they, they, she would feel bad if there was a bad outcome, she said with her kids. Now me, My feeling is I'm going to prepare my kids to be strong. We're going to have a regimen and supplements that if we get COVID, we're going to stick with it. And we're going to trust our bodies. We're not going to be fearful. And my kids are going to be happy and be social because they oh, my gosh, like, my husband is such a social being, and I am too, but I could be a little more introverted and just be a nerd and study, you know, and, and be on my own too, but they they really need it, and I worry about, like, like your brother or my sister that maybe, you know, they're not getting that that social time as much as they should with the face-to-face and the interactions, um, you know, and, and that, how that is for their health. So one quick story when I was doing I was doing a lot of telemedicine for a telemedicine company when COVID first hit in March um in April because I I felt like it was my duty my husband was home to help with the kids so I would sign on a couple hours and and do it and I would see patients like in New York City even because they opened up all the medical license usually it's just state by state but they opened it up for other states so we could help Because people in New York, they were it was getting hit really bad there. And I would see patients that were alone in their apartments for two to four weeks and they were so lonely and so anxious and they couldn't meet with their therapist like they normally would, just crying to me. And I'm just I'm a new person, just on telemedicine, they've never met me before, and like just pouring out their emotions. And I'm like, this is because they were scared that they were going to get Corona and die because the media and because they were following, you know, directions and staying in. Oh, it it broke my heart. I mean, I, I won't forget the people that I've talked to um, on the telemedicine that were so anxious. Uh, It was, it was heartbreaking. And I wonder what the long-term consequence of that social isolation and that fear, you know, is causing,
0: the fear is something obviously i i may have a few wires loose growing up in what? in action sports stuff and doing that sort of thing where i like i'm not like crazy i'm not wild but i also man there's no way i can live in fear of anything if it takes me it takes me and that's and that's just the way i go like i do the my best i can but i know that i cannot if it's going to get to me it's going to get to me one way or the other so, I better be willing to fight. And so, that's why I wanna have my immune system good and be as healthy as possible and keep the family healthy. But um, I don't, I do not like the narrative. Anytime somebody brings me something with fear, whether it's a life insurance salesman, a car insurance salesman, whatever it is, by the security system, otherwise you could have, I'm like, what? Like, you're trying to sell me on fear now. Now you're trying to play on my emotions. And I think a lot of people with the unknown like this was, which it is, can be scary. The unknown is scary for a lot of people. And so I'm not at all saying that they shouldn't have been, you know, fearful of whatever, but recognizing it, not letting that take over, I think is super important for not only us as adults, but then we also get to be an example towards the people that were around. And that's infectious. You know, it's infectious to other families, other, you know, kids and so on, our friends and everything else.
1: Yeah, definitely. I, and and that's what I've tried to really focus on like during the pandemic is like the facts over fear and here are the articles and here's what you can do to be proactive and gosh, and tell people to shut the news off. Just, um, <laughs> Turn it off. I got caught up into it. It was crazy. So when it first happened, like, we were watching the news just because we're like, what's happening? And there were, like, rumors that the National Guard was going to come in. And then we watched that movie Outbreak. Do you know what I'm talking about? (laughs)
0: Yes, I do. And I was
1: like, and I'm like, why did we just watch this? And I, like, was anxious. And I don't get anxious anymore since, like, you know, changing, like, my, my meditation, my gratitude. But I was like... And I told my husband, I'm like, why did we watch that? And I'm like, it feels, I'm like, this is, this is ridiculous. I'm like, we're just, we're going to be safe. This is okay. You know, there's nothing we could do to change what's going on. Let's be proactive. But um, yeah, I could see, you know, you watch some crazy movies, you watch the news, you get on Facebook and you just, all those negative feelings multiply and our brain hangs on to that. And then our sympathetic system kicks in. Then you're not sleeping well because your sympathetic system is on haywire. And then you start you, you start to go crazy. I mean, we need healthy, good sleep um, and we need our brains to be in that positivity state. So, you know, I, I think that. Overall, I feel like we, we did okay. Like, everyone is united, you know, for the healthcare workers. And we we turned a corner, I felt. And, and it was great to see. But, um, yeah, it was just a crazy time. I mean, our kids, you know, they'll look back and they'll be like, we lived through a pandemic, right? I mean, kind of crazy.
0: It is crazy. I also look at it, obviously, I've, I've, I look at the positive side of a lot of things. And I was when it first happened, I'm like, this is a chance we get to show our kids and others how to react to something that is scary. So you can go one way or the other. Like you can take a step back and look at how you're going to overcome the obstacle and and weigh all your options and take in the, the proper information. And, or you could go the other way and freak out and panic and spread that down from generation to generation to generation and so like the positive thing is like maybe it also helps that my grandparents were older um especially when they so when they had my dad and so they lived through the depression and i got to listen to their stories of all this and i'm like oh man like nothing nothing lives up to what they lived through and i heard it secondhand through them but those stories impacted me so much as a little kid i'm like Oh, I mean, we can get through this. I mean, my grandpa had tuberculosis through the depression. How? I don't know that it gets worse than that. And he lived. So, wow. So, but you, being in Ohio with all this mess, and I always say the virus is not political. Like, it doesn't care what side you're on. It doesn't care where your vote's going. The virus, just like any virus or illness, doesn't care who you're voting for at all. Or what the media is saying. It right. works totally bias when it comes to that. So, I've wondered, and you're in Ohio, which makes this super interesting. And I didn't know this before you came on. Is that I think they banned hydroxychloroquine up there, right?
1: Yeah, they so they banned it. Gosh, that was like that was like a month ago or something. Because I, I did a video on it. I was I was mad, and it <laughs> got like tons of, it got like tons of views. It was it was crazy. So it's it's on my Instagram if anyone wants to watch it. So. I was so mad because they were basically like taking away physician rights so the board of pharmacy was blocking it and then the governor actually lifted it and said it was okay and yeah but for a while there we were not allowed to um prescribe it it was getting blocked um all this stuff. And I'm like, they, this is between, you know, this is informed consent and this is a patient doctor relationship. How, how can you tell us, you know, what to do? Yeah. And all those crazy videos and, and, and that's the thing. So I, Hey, another thing I did when the pandemic first started is I dove deep into the evidence and research for SARS one, which is um, the mirrors and, you know, that is like SARS-2 and then, you know, there's a bunch of different of these um, novel viruses and the research for SARS-1, they, they tested it with hydroxychloroquine and chloroquine and because they're zinc ioniform. So the zinc ionophore, you know, quercetin a natural one. So I, that's why we take it and my parents take it, um, you know, and the hydroxychloroquine, that's in the studies. That's why me and like my colleagues have been talking. That's why we think that the studies are so bad because it's given later. Where really, if it's going to be working to pull zinc in as one of the properties, that it should be given more prophylactically or early when you get the illness. Um, so, so yeah, it's it's very interesting because when. Something when healthcare, well, healthcare kind of is political, but when it when stuff like that just becomes political, I mean, it's just it's a no one situation. And you know, some people are concerned, you know, that this is a big push to have you know a vaccine. Um, and I have concerns about that because it's an RNA vaccine, um you know, which we don't have one of yet for, for many reasons. Um, I was reading an article how RNA vaccines, they, you know, they've been researching them for cancer and all those different things. Cause it does different things in the body when it's injected. Um, but there is a slight increase of autoimmune um, diseases that they're concerned about with how it reacts with the body. And then the AstraZeneca vaccine trial got suspended that was big in the news last week um it got suspended because um someone in the study got transverse myelitis which is a severe autoimmune disease of the spinal cord Jeez. which is very rare and um yeah i looked up there was an article and it was looking at vaccine adverse reactions from like nineteen seventy to two thousand ten or something like that. I I have the study linked on my Instagram account, but there was only thirty seven cases of transverse myelitis um, documented and that's probably what, like hundreds of thousands of vaccines, you know, given between that time. Um, so one, cause someone's like, oh, it's only one person that got this. And I'm like, yeah, one person in, in a, in one trial. And this is a very rare, so it's, it's actually, it's good. They, they're, they're backing up. They halted the study. Um, cause my only concern is, is that's an acute autoimmune disease that we can quantify because it happened right after you gave it in in this trial, if it was related. You know, they're not sure if it was or not, Um, you know, we can't prove that. But what about the other autoimmune diseases years down or what's going to happen years down after giving this? I just, I don't think we should rush into anything when we're trying to modulate and change and react our immune system to something. I just I see too too much um, autoimmune disease and and sickness like that in my integrative medicine practice, and it, it's really debilitating and, and difficult. So, um, yeah, I mean, because the you know you were saying political the the vaccine thing, you know, that's kind of a political push too, from or a or a financial push, you know who who knows? But I, I don't I don't want us to get sick. I don't want to see people suffering you know i took an oath
0: (laughs) that's i I think that's the toughest thing is that people should put that aside and just like who cares that the president took it who cares what biden is saying or anybody on either side like who cares about that you should do what's best for your health like that's what doctors are there for they're there to take care of your health and it's unbiased and you can say like okay so the president took it if it works that's why he took it like He's a human. He just has a different belief than you. So, but they're making it really confusing to know what's truthful. Like there's so much, there's so much that, you, and your BS meter can go off. You can listen to something and go, I don't know that that's right, but they said it. And they said they had studies or something, but it just doesn't seem like what they're telling me is correct. And then you hear another one, you're like, yeah, but I feel like there's too many holes in that. And I just want the right. truth.
1: I know, but will we ever know the truth from a medication that's very inexpensive and you know it's very cheap to make? It's not. It's not a very expensive drug. You know, who's going to benefit from it working? Uh, I mean, people will benefit, but um, you know, unfortunately, you know, you got to follow the money sometimes, which. I've sadly seen, you know, in medicine. Um, you know, it makes me a little bit sad. But that's why the prevention, you know, like you said, um, having your family eat healthy and, and all of that um is so important. And one other prevention thing, I'm sure you do some sort of things with your kids, you know, um, like showing gratitude or doing breath work um with kids or coping, you know, some sort of coping stuff. That's going to be really important for kids and adults. Um, so that way you're more resilient, more adaptable to stress, because when do we get sick? When we're stressed, right? Yeah. So so that's, that's going to help. And that's what was so crazy, and that's what's so crazy about this. All this drama and all the news and everything going on in the world, it's so stressful, and some people just – internalize it all and that's not good for your immune system so we just we really need to um, figure out a way to help people get through all of that also
0: well as far as like and that, that all ties in with the fear thing as well. Like the, just, you know, you're scared. You're listening to the news. You're listening to all these different things. Mask or no mask. But you're killing the old lady if you're not wearing a mask. And then you have a crazy person without the mask yelling, you know, no mask. And then you have the people crazy with the mask. You have everything. The hydroxychloroquine, all that stuff. And it is stressing us all out. Where, like, what do you suggest and how do you suggest people, like, go about it and look at it? Is it as scary as what they are screaming about from the top of their lungs now, like now that we have more information, is it is it as scary? Are our immune systems fighting this off? Um, do you see like what what are you seeing as far as that goes? And you, you talked a lot about the the underlying condition type of thing, like where they have a lot of health problems already. Um, what is it that people can do as far as to find good information and to not be so scared, like something that will comfort them when they're looking it up.
1: Yeah. So I, I would say, I still think that we shouldn't be reckless about it. Um, there, some people that are young and healthy, I mean, they are showing that they're having complications further down the road, or you have this post COVID syndrome. So we don't know everything I mean it's a weird virus it's kind of weird how smart it is that it mutated and now it's this you know it it targets the ace receptors and it gets which are on the heart and the lungs and everything so it's a very sneaky you know virus um and you know we're seeing there there are some outlier cases where where kids get sick and don't do well, or young adults with no comorbidities, you know, get sick and don't do well. Um, but overall, it looks like it's you know a, hurting more people that have the the more comorbidities. My question is though, when say a thirty year old, you know, is intubated or you know needed help breathing for so many days and they're like he had no comorbidities or they had no comorbidities and in my head I always wonder I'm like well how do you quantify that from from an integrative medicine standpoint when I look at someone I see tons of patients with that are healthy and everything's like normal you know they go to their doctor but they still don't feel right and we find underlying you know Lyme, you know, Epstein Barr virus, we find gut health issues such as dysbiosis, we find inflammation, we find autoimmune disease. So then not to mention the toxic load of if you have emotional stress or you know, or an emotional traumatic event, you know, that's gnawing away at your at your health, you know, because that that can also cause illness. So I'm wondering, you know, what what's really going on with these younger people that that like fall worse to that, you know, is their immune system already imbalanced for some reason? So, so that's what I, you know, people that they are nervous still about this, I would, you know, focus on good sleep, focus on good mental health, such as meditation or a gratitude journal where you write down three things a day. You are grateful for focus on eating whole foods, you know, um, so less processed, you know, make your own, use this as a fun time to like, you know, make up recipes, um, you know, go to the farmer's market, that kind of stuff, you know, get some select supplements that I spoke about and, and really just using this time, you know, exercise, move, um, to, to, to better your, this should be, I feel like this whole pandemic should be empowering for people to say, I am going to get healthy. This is, this is what, you know, I'm going to empower myself and and get healthy and seek out resources um, and, and get help and find a friend to do it with me. So, you know, I, I would say that, like you said, you don't live in fear you know, if we worry about the past, that's depression. If we worry about the future, that's anxiety. You know, we need to live in the present and what we could do now. That's like one of my favorite quotes, because it's true. Um, so so that's what I, I would tell people that are feeling, you know, on edge still about all this. Just, you know, do what you what's in your power to do and just trust too in our healthcare system that the universities are doing the studies, they're doing the paperwork. You know, we're finding out more and more information about this every day. And the awesome thing is like, unlike the flu pandemic, you know, in the um, 1900s, we can all like share this information so easily and learn from each other, you know, imagine back there, then when there was like messengers and stuff, you know, we didn't have the internet. So, <laughs> so this is, this is like, awesome. You know, we have all these like resources and we have people doing research. So, so it's a great, it's a great time. Right?
0: Yeah. I think, and I, I do, I believe that wholeheartedly that there's there's good people doing awesome work that you're not hearing about because it's not, it doesn't sell. And they're not they're not concerned about selling it. They're concerned about fixing it. So it's like sending messages to other people doing studies and talking back and forth and working through all this that nobody even realizes is going on. There's like good people doing good work is what I say. Good people doing good work. So um, that's I kind of hold my faith in that and that we are super creative and inventive and we don't let a lot of things stop us. We look at it almost like, oh, this is another challenge. We can go out and do this. I think it's a lot different than what the TV or Twitter or Instagram or Facebook is really shoving out there in our faces. I think in what I see in my daily life is a bunch of calm people just walking around living life. And I see a very rare few that are freaking out in my circle. Now, that's in my circle. That's in my bubble. That's what I do. It's in Texas, not in Ohio. I You know... I've traveled a lot, and I love to travel, which is what the bummer about this thing is. But you learn there's everybody's there's different like cultures and the way people deal with it. So I don't know what's going on all these other places, but I just feel like it's different than what's being pushed in there. And so I take comfort and not fearful because I'm like they're just blowing smoke, and that's not what's really going on. If I look outside my door, life's not as bad as what they're telling me.
1: Exactly. I agree. I, I I love just like being at my kids' sports games and just people being normal and talking to each other and my baby going up to like another person's chair and I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, you need space. And they're like, no, we're fine. You know, just that human interaction is just, oh, it's so reassuring. Um, I'll actually in my Instagram, which you'll probably list on there, I'll... I'll link a really good article where I did my fellowship. Um, They, a lot of the professors and then Dr. Weil, I think he was actually, he wrote the article too, but it had some great integrative medicine strategies that was published. So I'll link that up for your listeners because reading through it, it's just, it's very reassuring. It talks about breath work and, you know, preventative stuff, but Yeah, I agree. It's just, it's good to get back. We actually, we traveled um, last month. We drove to Myrtle Beach. Um, You know, we wore masks when we had to, but we stayed at a place where we cooked our own food. So we didn't even eat out once. And we just played at the beach. The kids played and they just were so happy. And it just made me feel so good because, oh gosh, we were all stuck in our houses for a while, you know?
0: And, and just to, to kind of close it out, like getting back on that topic and the importance of not just kids, but adults, but to play sports, to get out and socialize and to be at the beach like that. I mean, I'm a beach person. I grew up on the beach. We went to Pensacola and I was like, I'm a fan of Florida now because if you're on the beach, you see those pictures of people flying over. I try to explain it to people like this. You see those pictures and they're like, look at all these people rubbing elbows well from up above it looks like that but from down there nobody on a, very rarely on a beach do you see people super close and inside each other's space they have their own space they just have a canopy up and they have chairs set up set out and so it looks like from above that everybody's right next to each other and really they're not like they're they it's nice so but the importance of getting out and doing those sort of things and not being like fearful of doing that, that's actually benefiting your mental health, which benefits your physical health tremendously.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It, it's very important, um, and it's it's good for the kids too. Oh, my kids just they l- love playing with other kids. I mean, just imagine not being able to play with your friends. <laughs> so it's it's good that things are opening back up again i'm really hoping it's a mild flu season this year um you know and i'm just trying to manifest that positive energy with that we're gonna have well i mean you're in texas so your winters are a little bit different than in ohio we, we have the snow and <laughs> all that good stuff up here but
0: yes yes well i'm hoping for the same thing too We'll give Uh, before you leave, give everybody like your Instagram handle where they can find you. Um, this has been fantastic. I've loved it. This has been your, I love the integrative medicine thing. I love like more doctors need to get into more preventative stuff. I thought they're reactionary, but let everybody know where they can find you on your Instagram, your, your integrative medicine stuff and all that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I hang out mostly on Instagram where you'll see me kind of down-to-earth, my everyday there. So it's Integrative Doctor Mom. So Integrative D-R-M-O-M. And I also have a blog that I've been neglecting a little bit, but it's integrativedoctormom.com. And I'm on Facebook too, um, Mom. My integrative medicine office, you can find all that through my Instagram handle. And like I said, I'll put up that website link for you guys tonight. So when you air this, it will be up. But I, I really love podcasts. I love social media too because I feel like, we can, you can reach a lot of people this way. Um, it, it's, it's really gratifying and thank you so much for having me and reaching out. It's been so fun.
0: Oh, thank you for being on. I was like so excited. I ran and told my wife like, she, she's going to be on. Like That's so ah. cool. So thank you so much. Um, I hope somebody gets a, like a lot of benefit out of the podcast and some information and they start following people like yourself so that, they can get kind of some truthful answers because you are unbiased you and you talk about like, I was all about mask at the beginning and, and now I'm like learning more and I'm learning this and, and practical application of it. And that's the thing that I love to see. So thank you again for being on. This was a blast.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Thank you so much for joining me on this episode of the podcast. Thank you to Jen again for being on. Please, everybody, if you liked this episode, Like, rate, and review it on iTunes, and share, share, share on social media. That means so much to us, and it really helps us out. And until the next episode, see ya.